Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 5th, 2023, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. And we're coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, the best laid plans of mice and men off the otter rye. How are you doing right now? Well said. <laughs> I think I'm still mislaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we, uh, we had this, this, uh, this past Sunday, we had difficulties both technical and physical uh and uh in addition to our um our uh soundboard not wanting to work at all making uh the online broadcast uh impossible um you uh decided that that day was a good day to be sick so uh (laughs) i refuse to take that amount of personal responsibility Nope, clearly a choice that you made, um, uh, to which we all bear the consequences. So thanks a lot. (laughs) No, I hope you feel better. You you obviously feel well enough to uh, at least hit record on the recorder. So, yeah. And and for everyone's uh, comfort, especially my own, we are recording remotely once again. So we are separated by miles and miles and I'm not contaminating the Peyton household. Yes, yes. So, uh, uh, worst case scenario, you get a uh, you get a uh, um, uh, terribly planned uh, lecture by me instead of a. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> yeah. I would never. I, I would never step into that role. Don't want to do it. That's when you just pull pull in Bethany to ad lib. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and now a reading from Revelations. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think, Bethany? Ew. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, we 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 um, that's all right. We roll with the punches here, and uh, yeah, just like uh, real life, right? <laughs> just like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, but yeah, in in um, uh, in in light of uh, another week gone by, what do we have going on? Uh, here in uh, this next uh, short bit that we should uh, we should uh, pay extra attention to. We've got uh, I know we've got game night on Friday. Oh, um, that was what I was going to say. <laughs> OK. All right. Good, 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 good. Yeah, we have game night. And on Sunday, we'll resume the adult uh, 9 a.m. series on um, different prayer practices to get us ready for Lent and life and everything else. Mm hmm. Um, and also this Sunday evening will be the, um, music and meditation time where we listen to a jazz album and oh, reflect. The th- 33 and a third, 33 and a third. Yeah. Gotcha. Very I have to admit, cool. I'm forgetting exactly what time it takes place. Go to the website to see that, but th- it's been just really moving the, mm-hmm. um, first two that we've had. So I recommend it very highly. Good. And as one parishioner showed us, I don't have permission to say his name, so I won't. Um, you can bring a camp chair and be exceedingly comfortable. We do it in the sanctuary, and some people find those wooden chairs uh, a little hard to sit on for 45 <laughs> minutes, you know, the, the time of an LP album. And so people are now beginning to bring their huggy pillows and their camp chairs. And it's, it's really nice. I'm not going to lie. That sounds really cool. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, it is. That does sound a lot more uh, relaxing, I think. Uh, so, so good, good on, good on them for coming up with that as an idea. Cause that, yeah, that's right. That's a, so, so kind of reminiscent of uh, just going to a, going to a concert. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's sort of like going to counter Prairie, but the parking's a lot easier. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Um, but yeah, this, this will be our first Sunday in February and, uh, and we're just, we're already just cruising right along, uh, with the year. It's kind of, kind of wild. Yeah. Um, It's been a fast month. It really has. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, with, with all of those things, uh, promoted, well promoted, um, uh, we should, let's, let's move on to the, uh, to the, uh, this day in church history, um, which I noticed as I got into, it's actually, a, I don't want to call it light, but it is, I guess it is a little light, uh, on, on events. Um, 
So our first uh, um, uh, event of note uh, is from 1631. Okay, yes, that is starting late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually we're well before that. But uh, Roger Williams arrives in Massachusetts five years later. He will flee to Rhode Island after questioning the fusion of church and state in the, in Massachusetts. Uh, in Providence, uh, Rhode Island, he will establish the first Baptist church in America, and his writings on religious liberty will influence the development of religious tolerance in the colonies. Kind of ironic, considering how many people would, you know, are very strongly talking about, um, you know, way back when everything was so cool because, you know, God and the president were one. And right. here, one of the first significant religious events in the colonies was a guy having to flee for his life because he was fighting that. Yeah. 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 So kind of, kind of, kind of an interesting start. So 1631 before, um, <clears throat> well before 1776, yeah. um, uh, in 1705, we see uh, uh, in Berlin uh, the death of German theologian and clergyman Philip Spenner, author of Pia Desideria. Uh, he had been known as the father of pietism. Oh, okay. Um, Which it, is about as much fun as it sounds. <laughs> it does sound fun. Um <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> Piety. <laughs> <laughs> um, 1835, uh, 12 American Congregationalist missionaries first see Africa from the deck of a ship through a mist. Among them is Daniel Lidley, who will win renown for educating individuals there in Africa and pleading with the Dutch-descended Boers to ease their inflexible racism. Well, that was a good way to start. Yeah. Yeah. That's not... That's, that's not a bad way. Yeah. Um, sticking in our congregationalist theme here, uh, 1851, uh, we see the death of John Pye Smith uh, in Hackney, uh, who had shown ways of reconciling geology and scripture and had been active on social issues such as the Corn Laws, pending question there, and slavery. Slavery, I know what that is. What are the Corn Laws? <laughs> Um, what country was he in? Uh, it, Hackney. So Hackney would be um, okay. Wouldn't that, that would be England, right? Isn't I believe England? so. I I gotta admit, I don't know what the Corn Law is or laws. Oh, I'll let you search that. Let's uh, what's it? Uh, the Corn Laws blocked the import of cheap corn initially by simply forbidding importation below a set price. Uh, and, uh, okay. Enforced in the United Kingdom between 1815 and 1846. Um, and, uh, the word corn, uh, denotes all cereal grains, including wheats, oats, and barley. So it was, that uh, makes more sense. Yeah. So very, uh, mercantile centric, uh, law. Uh, yeah, it, it favored merchants over people who literally may have been starving, because they couldn't afford to buy grains. Yeah. And uh, so if, if it was blocking the import, yeah. uh, it, it meant that um, there were there were um, uh, countries that couldn't um, then find places to sell their grains to. Um, so I, I can see where that would be. That would be an issue. Yeah. But I, but I was a little fascinated by the uh, the, the reference here of uh, uh, geology uh, and scripture, eighteen fifty one, and 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 reconciling geology and scripture. So he was kind of like a, a quasi archaeologist, uh, kind of kind of. Well, yeah, and that was um, a time when people were looking at what we now call the the earth sciences mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. legitimate tools to use in theology. So that's when people first started, in part because of Darwin, first started looking at fossils and things like that and, and trying to see how does this shape how we understand uh, Genesis and other parts. Right, right. Um, let's see here. Uh, mostly just because I love the name. 1864, Fanny Crosby uh, writes her first <laughs> verses uh, for composer William Bradbury. 
in a home beyond the tide. So that was her her first uh, 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 hymn writing composition uh, with William Bradbury, uh, which was the beginning of a long and fruitful hymn, hymn writing relationship. Um, so what on this date they wrote it or yeah, her, they wrote the her the first verses apparently. Huh. So that, that's an interesting thing to be able to pin down. It, it it is. I mean, relatively speaking, with the the, the age of the Earth itself, uh, I suppose eighteen sixty four isn't terribly long ago, but uh, still impressive to, to that we have uh, records that that uh, well and do deal with mostly that. I'm thinking of you know if you ask most if you ask people a lot about a lot of things that they compose or wrote or whatever it's been something that's kind of been running through their mind for a while and yada, yada, yada. so to right. be able to pin it down to a certain day is pretty pretty nice pretty nice to know yeah yeah so impressive um our last one here is a uh, 1918 russia's communists issue a decree on the separation of church and state that strips the church of legal rights and the power to hold property what so. year was that again uh, 1918. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was soon after they won. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. and part of current Russian history is most of those, um, decrees, laws, practices have all now been set aside. And mm-hmm. the Russian Orthodox church is quite a power player in society. Yep. Yep. Remains, remains that way. So th- that is our, uh, this day in church history. Uh, like I said, a little, little light, little congregationalist heavy, uh, <laughs> entries Don't there. tell the Russian Orthodox that. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're quite the um, opposite. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, very, still very, very interesting. Um, so let's move, uh, on to our readings for the day. Um, yes. Our first reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, verse 1 through 9. Uh, Oh, actually, there's some additional optional readings, so let's just call it 1 through 12. Why not? Uh, Why not? Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask me, ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a day, a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Um, so this is this is a, a, a later chapter in Isaiah. Right. And uh, this is this stylistically, I feel like this is different than most of the readings we we end up experiencing from isaiah this is good on you this is a, a very much a kind of a um 
this is a one man show of a <laughs> of a, of a uh, of a reading uh, because I, I think a lot of times uh, we, we experience Isaiah in such a way where there's uh, I think we've had some uh, several over these these past few weeks of like this um, almost a a back and forth like a jury trial yeah. a back and forth a call response almost kind of a, a thing. yeah a very dramatic scene <clears throat> yeah and this is this is like um. This is like a monologue, um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and it's very very different. Why is this so different, Bruce? Why? What's going on here? It's the opening verses of what we now call Third Isaiah. Okay. So this is the first. These are the opening verses addressed to the people who have now returned to Jerusalem, have mm-hmm. begun to set up will have begun to restore worship and day-to-day life and stuff. And what God is seeing is, you know, how quickly you forget, mm-hmm. you know, that, that you're not, you're falling right back into the ways of just living selfish lives and window dressing worship. And what, am, what am I to do with you? And in case you were interested, mm-hmm. the, because of that, we can we can narrow down that it was written probably in 538 BC. So 538 BC, like what's the the importance of that? Like why is that why is that significant? Not <laughs> okay. Or is that no or is that not a date that I, I shouldn't recognize it, necessarily should recognize? It's it's mostly biggest reason I say it is that when we're when Christians are looking at the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, it often just feels like one great big long ago. Mm-hmm. And so here's, because it's stuck in that historic moment when the people of Israel were restored to Israel, and that's recent enough that there are documents talking about that from other countries like Babylonia, um, mm. we know when it was. And so, okay. in a sense, you can you can put a pin in it, and orient yourself in the in history as to what were the Assyrian Empire, what were they doing, what was the Greek Empire doing, Romans not doing anything yet, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I mean, as far as the way that this starts, so this is like you said, this is Third Isaiah. Um, yeah. Uh, is this is God talking? Yes. Right. Okay, so that makes it a little interesting as to uh, as opposed to my initial assumption, which was that uh, this was the prophet uh, uh, speaking or the author speaking. Uh, Right. This is God. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion to the house of Jacob, their sins. Um, uh, Interesting choice of words there. They announced to my people their rebellion what's well you know they're uh presumably by context here the people of israel are feeling pretty good about themselves Mm -hmm. um and too good about themselves they are seeing oh you know god freed us from those babylonians and now the assyrians are beginning to wipe them out um look at us we're just so cool we really don't have to worry about much and so we're going to do things the way we think they should be done, which benefit me. Got it. Okay. Okay. So that's the rebellion. It's, that, it's well, yeah, it's mistaking this again, put into Christian terms. It's the great sin of the prosperity gospel where mm-hmm. if things have started to go right, that's because God is blessing you and therefore you should do exactly what you are doing and not reflect on whether you're getting your new money ethically or not. And are you sharing it with the poor and things like that? Gotcha. Okay. So it's a human temptation since humans could be tempted. Gotcha. Let let me get, let me go through then um, again, a little bit uh, as to how this, this uh, monologue, again, I'm going to use the word monologue. uh, Yeah, it's a monologue kind of reads here um you know uh in verse three god says 
in we added quotes, but this is a quotation of what God's people say um, yeah. to God, right? Um, right. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? So there's there's griping taking place uh, uh, that God is 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 getting even after all that's happened. I mean, um, they're coming back to their promised land, and this is these are the complaints that that they're lifting up. Yeah, and and part of that is it's not easy breezy time. Mm-hmm. The the Assyrians are rumbling around, um, having taken over the Babylonian territory, and so you know the the Israelites are thinking, "Hey, God, you should have wiped them out too while you were at it," mm-hmm. and you know, and and we have a to do list that you are not fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So God, come on, we're doing our fast. You're not holding up your end of the bargain. Yeah, that's that's interesting then, because, yeah, it, it, um, God's response is, look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your yeah. workers. You fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist, which is I, I, a weird turn for a fast. Uh, <laughs> I love it. But yes, I, I mean, I don't know about you, because I've, I've done a, a few fasts in my in my life. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've never, I can't even imagine fasting only to get into a fight. <laughs> it's not, not what I have any energy to do or, or would have any interest in. Uh, so, um, well, I, I pictured a boxer trying to make weight. Oh, okay. 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 That's, in, that's an interesting way to look at that. Um, yeah, try and get down the weight class so you can go beat the crap out of anyone you want. Gotcha. But why? But 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 why? Um, <laughs> it, 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 well, it, or does it is it really like are we really talking about uh, uh, fasting in particular or, or is this more of a generality about uh, religious practices? Yes, to both. OK, OK. Um, one of the things that. I mean, because they didn't have the Holy Eucharist or, you know, any of the other Christian rituals. And so one of the the personal rituals that faithful people were expected to carry out was fasting. Right. That was that way that you were supposed to very physically set aside your own needs and therefore spiritually teach you to put other people first. Right. It wasn't so that, and here it says, you're just doing this so that you can get the upper hand against people you disagree with. And that's not what fasting's about, darn it. Right. And, and this, uh, this, uh, process of, or, or habit of, uh, of, uh, of addressing issues that God has with religious practices is not unique, uh, uh to Isaiah. Uh, in fact, we see, uh, right. I, I feel like might've even just been last week where it was a, a commentary on sacrificing and, and sacrifices. Right. Um, right. So, uh, a, a little, a, a little bit of a, uh, a recurring theme, uh, if you will, for, uh, for the book of Isaiah of, of questioning, religious practices and, and uh, um, identifying yeah. that a better way needs to be uh, uh, had on, on, on these things. Yeah. And, and Jesus talked about it and mm-hmm. through Christian history, various reformers have talked about that. It, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters why you do it. Right. Right. And, and uh, here in verse, uh, five is where we start talking about the reasons why they should be fasting to humble oneself, to bow down the head, like a bull rush, which I'm not entirely sure. I know what a bull rush is. It's um, like a, a reed in a pond. You know, okay. so they, have the, they have the fat head and a skinny stem. And so they, they bend over pretty, you know, a wind will bend them over. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, uh, uh, it moves on uh, talking about uh, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free. Very, um, very uh, liberating language uh, uh, there. Um, share your bread with the hungry. Bring the homeless poor into your house. 
uh, and cover them and, and not hide yourself from your own kin, which is also an, an interesting uh, an interesting phrase to throw in there because we're talking yeah. about um, uh, basically taking care of the poor. And then we throw in this little line of like, and, and don't hide yourself from your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any particular, you know, bugaboo that was going on socially that that's the reason why that line's there? Because it's seems kind of it's a little out of place because it doesn't quite follow the poor line, you know, thought. Well, it, it part of it is the the first level of the social welfare system was the extended kin. Mm. So it's, so it's criticizing oh. people who are only taking care of their immediate household and not their extended family. Gotcha. Or, um, or, or even possibly the individuals with their, their own family that they should be helping. That's not what I mean. just yeah. the extended kin, but even, even closer. Uh, um, uh, yes, that's possible too. It's that's just for for most people that'd be harder to pull off. And gotcha. the, the theme of this is more what what are people getting away with here? I mean what what kinds of abuses of worship and dedication to God are taking place that the wider society doesn't even notice? Mm. And so you know I am responsible for keeping track of who my third cousin is so that if they fall on hard times, I can help them. Gotcha. Um, God yeah, goes certainly, on. certainly if you're disregarding your daughter or your brother that falls under this too. Yeah. 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 Uh, God then goes on here and says, uh, if you do, basically, if you do all these things, uh, your light shall break forth like the dawn. Your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, uh, and the Lord will answer you. You shall cry for help, and he will say, here I am. Um, so essentially, what we have here is God says that, hey, there are people who say, why do we do this? You don't really help us. And God's response isn't like, no, I really do help you. It's like, cause you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, why do you not notice? You're right. I don't notice. Cause, uh, you don't deserve to be noticed the way you're doing this is he doesn't deny it. Uh, God doesn't deny it in this passage. He's instead God says, uh, Hey, if you do it the right way, I will. Yeah, and and sadly, the way this has long been interpreted, I guess, is the neutral way to put it, is mm-hmm. people people forgetting what comes before it, and say, okay, if I send my put set my little wishing wheel to brand new car, and pray on that three times a day, then I'll get a brand new car, right? Um, rather <laughs> rather than <laughs> no, you still won't get it. <laughs> Right, because you're asking for the wrong thing. Yeah, you're, you're not doing it right. Um, yeah, some years I've talked about this before, so I'll say it very briefly. Years ago, there was a huge campaign um, throughout the U.S. that prayer changes things, and mm-hmm. what's a much better way to put it is prayer changes us because it changes what we pray for. Gotcha. I like that better. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I'm not gonna lie. I like that better. Um, uh, and then we do have these optional, um, uh, passage, this optional portion of the passage. If you remove the yoke from among you and the point, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise and dark in the darkness and your gloom shall be like the noonday. Uh, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, which is a, another fun, uh, uh, phrase there thrown in there that does at least modernly seem almost a little out of place i guess in a way but uh and you shall be like a watered garden like a spring of water it it, it basically repeats essentially which i can makes it understandable why it was kind of an optional additive it kind of oh yeah repeats the 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 ending of of the previous section Mm -hmm. um but uh and it i think it's also trying to avoid people skipping the parts about unfaithful worship and just saying, Oh, okay. 
you know, that when when I pray for that new car, I will get it. <laughs> right, right. Cause, yes, cause that's yes. The, the modern equivalent of water in the desert. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, you're, I, I think you're right. It definitely does uh, allow the reader uh, the opportunity to uh, still, get, you know, re-get the, the, the point that is trying to be made, uh, just in case mm-hmm. they missed it. Um, so, uh, but it, I, I do like the way that this kind of ends, especially because of uh, the period of time that we're talking about here your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt uh which i think i feel like uh um at this point is where uh anybody left over uh that's not quite paying been paying attention or getting it their their ears suddenly like perk up right because this is the period of time where they're dealing with their ancient ruins uh, and and trying to rebuild your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called. And this is the title that I want. Uh, You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to live in. But this is, this is uh, interesting to me because I think this is, um, this pa- that portion of the passage is God cutting to the quick of it because yeah. let's face it. This is what you really want. You know, right. like, you know, you can, you know, grumble about all this other stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm going to go through this, this uh, explanation of why you aren't doing things correctly and you know, what will happen if you actually do focus on the things that you're supposed to focus on. Uh, but at the end of the day, verse 12 is talking about the stuff that's on everybody's mind at yeah, this right point in, front in time, of them. um, which is like, Hey, yeah, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it? And if you do these kind of things, the glory of this nation will be rebuilt. Yeah. And one of the practical dimensions of this is, you know, the, the prior, what you're not doings were about caring for the community Mm-hmm. And most of the repairing repairing of the breaches are community projects that if the wealthy hold back their resources will never take place. Uh, that's true. Yeah, the, the guy who's subsistence, subsistence farming, you know, in the evening, yeah, he can come over and, and set some stones. But in order to get the cement, which they did have by then, Mm-hmm. The, the cement and other materials, they're going to need some rich people buying that stuff. Right. And so That's... everyone needs to participate. Huh. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, anything else about this, uh, this passage here? It goes on and on. It's a really <laughs> good one. Um, and many of the things, many of the images of what makes for what reveals a good relationship between God and the people are mm-hmm. quotes from the, the opening books of the Hebrew scriptures, the Torah section. Mm-hmm. So you know, there, there's some real heavy duty callbacks to Deuteronomy and numbers and things like that, that, that really would have caught people's ears. You know, oh, Whoa, that's a heavy one. He's po- whoa, he's pulling Deuteronomy out. Wait, <laughs> it would have made him listen. Hopefully, gotcha. Hopefully, hopefully, and at least for a while. <laughs> at least for a while. <laughs> Until next time. Yes. <laughs> um. Well, then let's move on to our uh, psalm for the day, which is Psalm one twelve verses one through nine with an optional 10 and you have a physical bible in front of me in front of you right so you'd be able to tell me i is have that multiple the whole? bibles in front of me <laughs> is that the whole uh the, the whole psalm then if we add 10 on let's see Whoop, i almost dropped one of my bibles if we added 10 on yes that would be the whole psalm interesting okay so then we're going to read the whole psalm one twelve. Yes. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. 
They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Their hearts are steady. They will not be afraid. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have distributed freely. They have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honor. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked comes to nothing. Um, one can see why uh, this would be paired with the Isaiah, Isaiah reading because yeah. uh, it's a demonstration of uh, uh, again, of, of what God is saying in the previous, uh, uh, reading, um, you know, these, the descendants who do this are great, Yeah, <laughs> which, which is, uh, which, which was the point I am curious about the, uh, the phrase, the upright, um, uh, they rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. What are like, what, what does that mean? Uh, the, the, the living? the 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 i'm not sure what does that mean it's um righteous a righteous one okay okay so part of it is i mean it may sound well poetry in hebrew is redundant so the redundancy one of the redundancies taking place is the term righteous righteous okay. one Okay, um, and it gets translated in different ways through the poems, so that it doesn't seem too repetitious to us reading it in English. Gotcha. Is it repetitious because it's the same exact word, or are we playing with the beautiful portion of of uh, of Hebrew writing, which is like very similar words uh, with slightly different meanings, but essentially the same? That's why I'm just checking in Hebrew. It seems to be different words okay um they're so good there's it's so cool that they're good at though, that though with well like in the example you just asked about it's almost the same as in other places but has a different prefix on it huh interesting so it would sound almost it almost identical as people were singing it but hmm. different enough that they oh that's more fun you know more memorable gotcha gotcha um uh also wanted to ask about uh let's see here um where was that where was it uh verse nine their horn is exalted in honor um not entirely sure what that means what is what does that mean their horn is exalted in honor let me see. Um, well, literally, it means horn. Well, okay. Um, like a container. A container. You know, like a horn of plenty. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. Hmm. Well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most of the time, it's pretty amazing how things just still make sense in mm-hmm. modern language and all. But sometimes not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not that it doesn't make any sense, but it. it yeah, because it's, it's referring to what probably contained what they were giving freely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, so it'd be like the, uh, the, the empty gift basket, uh, because they've, they've doled out their, the, the, the gifts. And, well, but it implies it, it will never be completely empty. Oh, oh, okay. Interesting. But because they're using it to distrib- distribute freely, they're giving to the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore it's going to be exalted. And so that implies, that's the part that implies it's not going to be empty. Gotcha. Um, I do, I do like, which happens often, um, uh, the, uh, the ending, which we could have left out, but there's no fun in that. Um, because, because, uh, this is the traditional, um, um, opposite, uh, opposite language here, uh, uh, thrown in at the end. 
which we've come to, to know and love uh, in um, uh, Hebrew scripture uh, uh, and Psalms in particular. Uh, the way they're talking about like how great these people are and you the know, righteous. When, yeah. The righteous, the, the, the upright uh, mm-hmm. and how, how good that is and, and wonderful that is. And then uh, uh, we take one verse to talk about the wicked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is and that that's purposeful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which is fun. Uh, yeah. Just because <laughs> it's like, uh, this is the thing that we really want to talk about. This is great. This is good. By the way, just in case you've forgotten the wicked, when the wicked see all these great people, they're angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away, which is a, I want actually want to see if you what the translation of melt away is. Uh, the desire of the wicked comes to nothing. What a great line! Um, what? But what about that that word that that phrase? They gnash their teeth and melt away. I'm just double checking. Um, a more traditional way of translating it is is to perish. Okay, I was gonna say like, I I I, would, I I had a hunch it would be something more along the lines of like disappear or, or yeah. yeah something along those lines. So that makes sense. Well, well, let me let me share you share with you something from the Jewish Study Bible, which I recommend highly. The footnotes are absolutely amazing. Um, this is how one translator, who's well respected, translated this particular verse: mm-hmm. When the wicked sees the right. I'm sorry. When the wicked sees the honor accorded to the righteous, he will be vexed from jealousy. And if he had the, and if he had the power to kill him, he would. Interesting. Yeah. I love the word vexed. What a great, what a great one. (laughs) What a good one. I got to remember that from my next Scrabble game. (laughs) Right. I'm sorry. Does this vex you? (laughs) 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 How cool. How cool. Um, uh, Looking at the clock. uh, Anything else then about the psalm? It's it's relatively short. It's relatively short. It has lots and lots of callbacks to the book of Proverbs and to psalms that we believe were written earlier on than Mm -hmm. this one um and what's interesting is it psalm 112 intentionally minimizes how much is said about the wicked Mm. and emphasizes the great things about the righteous the admirable things about the righteous so it's basically it it, in its content is saying yeah we're not going to pay much attention to those guys i know it's it's kind of action movie interesting but they're really not worth our time (laughs) i I like i like the way that you said that (laughs) (laughs) yeah look look for my bible translation with my footnotes down the road (laughs) not (laughs) amazing 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 well, let's let's uh, let's move on to Matthew, our, our gospel yeah. reading for today. Matthew, uh, chapter five, verse 13 through 20. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No, no one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, put on the the lampstand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There's a lot going on 
here, by the way. Um, I yes. have questions. Um, the, the, the first thing, uh, which is very interesting, is we see uh, this, this big, um, like, the, the, the first, let's see here, uh, three verses all have examples that don't make, uh, well, I don't want to say any sense, but they're, they're, in a way, there's they're a little uh, uh, ridiculous in their in in, in what they're pr- proposing here. Like, you know, you're the salt of the, the earth, but but if salt has lost its taste, when when is salt when does salt ever lose its taste? It good it, for you. It doesn't, right? It right. It, it, it it can't, um, unless it's consumed, I suppose. <laughs> but um, uh, but even then, it will eventually come out. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's true. Um, but but it, it is. And I think I don't think that would be unknown to the audience. Right. Right. Yeah. This this is this is said intentionally. Yes. Yeah. It's there are. What a dumb um, question. Jesus no, said something intentionally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Our Lord and Savior did do things intentionally. Well, if you really <laughs> want to know. Um, <laughs> it's OK. For centuries, no, yeah, a couple centuries anyway, biblical literalists have done somersaults trying to make this a literal teaching. And that always works out well. Yeah. (laughs) And just what you said, you know, just about anyone who has an awareness of the physical world knows that salt is salt. And you evaporate out of salt water. It's salt still. On mm-hmm. and on and on. So a lot of people who are smarter, I'll just say that, say <laughs> this is more like a Zen meditation phrase. Okay. Of what is, it, it causes people to stop and say, what is essence? What is the essence of the human race? Hmm. And if... And Jesus starts with, you are the salt of the earth. And it's like, okay. and people at this, by this time easily knew salt was essential to life. And right. We now know it has all sorts of things to do with the successful working of cells and living creatures and things like that. So that, yeah, you know, the, uh, the salt of the earth, something foundational to creation. But wait a minute, if I've lost my saltiness, then I've lost my essence. Hmm. Your purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And the, the, the second example of, uh, uh, a city on a, on, on a hill built on a hill cannot be hid. Yeah. Duh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in, maybe in Scotland, maybe, uh, with the, with the fog rolling in or something, but, uh, but yeah, no. Or, or the other one that makes me cringe is the, uh, light, lighting a lamp and putting it under a bushel basket. Well, you know, that's a, in a way, uh, uh, <laughs> no one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but, but on the lamp stand and get, gives light to, to all the house. It didn't give light to the whole house. Once it burns the basket and catches the house on fire, but like, like <laughs> a little too yeah. much light for a while. And then not enough. <laughs> so, um, there are these, there are these, uh, there, there are these statements here that that are kind of like wake up call statements, like, uh, like, well, yeah, no, you can't hide a city on a hill. You can't, you know, um, you can't restore salt to saltiness to salt if it loses its main purpose. And well, because that basically that means it never was salt, right? Yeah. So, um. We have that those phrases there. Um, then we have um, uh, in verse seventeen, uh, it, it, kind of an equivalent of um, oh, I think it's John, it, the John reading uh, 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 um, um, for God's with the, the for God's love the world um, that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall, uh, shall not perish but have eternal life. That one, right? Um, this line, uh, not only it, the second half of it, I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill kind of reminds me of the tale of that 
uh, uh, verse, yeah. which is, uh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Uh, yeah. kind of reminds me a little bit of this phrase, but, uh, uh, he, and well, it should. It, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, which is, um, I think we've mentioned before on this podcast, a kind of, uh, not, not kind of really the, the thing that I think most people were expecting him. I think most people were expecting him to come in and establish a kingdom and overthrow the Romans. Were there groups of people who thought that he would kind of, you know, abolish the religious law and get rid of the prophets? This also seems like a, um, kind of a, a statement that stands out of like, Oh no, that's not what we thought at all. Well, I, was it? I think this is one of those places where Jesus is not. Jesus's words are aimed more towards the audiences to come for the hundreds of years in the future, rather than the people gathered around. Mm, okay. Because um, yeah, he was not. Law and the prophets specifically refers to the to two sections of the Hebrew scriptures. Mm-hmm. The and the there are three sections. The third is the writings, which is like Psalms and Proverbs, and okay. Law and the Prophets are basically where the where teachings come from, and mm-hmm. the other documents are for instruction and worship, like hymns. Okay. So Jesus is saying, "Yeah, I've I'm not come to abolish those things. For goodness' sakes, read Isaiah. You'll see what I'm about." <laughs> right. Um, and. I think it's much more for people coming after who even to this day say, we don't have to pay any attention whatsoever to the Hebrew scriptures because Jesus abolished that. Gotcha. The, the problem is what Christians, well, and, and certain Jews do too, um, tend to cherry pick what parts of the Hebrew scriptures they want to keep. And those who are currently more conservative will cherry pick a verse out of Leviticus and that sort of thing when rather than like the section from Isaiah that we had a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you know, Jesus is trying to say, no, you don't get to cherry pick. You got to You got to study the whole thing. Mm. The law and the prophets see how they're in conversation with each other. See how they comment on each other. See how they even replace each other within them within those texts, and then you'll be able to fulfill Isaiah better, mm. and therefore follow me better. Yeah, I do like the the uh, the way that he phrases it in eighteen uh, until heaven and earth pass away, which is, you know basically saying until the time comes where you're all dead and gone and there's no point, no point to this anymore. Uh, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. So he's like, Jesus, this is Jesus saying it's never, you know, we're, we're never going to move on from that. That's the base. That's yeah. the, that's the, the core the structure. And it's always going to be that way. Um, uh, so, right. uh, and then, and then we and then we do have a a little bit of a, a, a non-specific uh, uh, chastisement. Uh, uh, whoever breaks one of these commandments, that one of the least of these commandments, and teaches others to do the same, will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And but whoever does them and teaches them will be called great. Um, but then we have this line that. Um, for Matthew doesn't stand out as weird, but as you know, some of the other gospel <laughs> writers, some of the other gospel writers, uh, uh, if this phrase were in there, it would really stand out as not fitting. Uh, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so um, this is this is Jesus saying, like, yeah, they're not gonna make it. <laughs> You got to be way better than essentially some of the leaders of of the synagogue, of the church, of the of the of, of the temple, the re, of the temple, of the religious order. Um, so quite a dig, quite a dig there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just double and, and checking. I think, 
I think they're, by the way, since I said it out loud, I think they're verse 20 informs us about verse 19 as to who the mystery uh, chastisement uh, was was being uh, doled out on. Uh, <laughs> once once he says that, you kind of go, oh, uh, is that who you're That's, talking about? Yeah. The, the scribes yeah. and the Pharisees, are they the ones who are teaching people to break the commandments? Got it. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually kind of a low bar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, what a what a call out here! Um, like, um, shots fired here. Yeah, and just a couple other things. Um, the city on the hill. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That's a direct callback to Isaiah. That, um, in chapter two, um, talks about the Lord's house being established on the highest hill. Right. And that uh, would be Jerusalem, right? Wasn't that? It, it, well, tech, the city name, yeah, but basically the temple. And gotcha. Jerusalem's okay. the city that grew up even more around it. Um, and then much more facetiously, if you're of my generation, well, not facetiously, um, the whole you are the lie of the world, don't put your light under a lamp, mm-hmm. um, salt to the earth. I, I hear the soundtrack to Godspell. Yes. Yes. So if I were a mean person, I would ask you and Bethany to immediately break into song. To Hide it under a bushel. No. Oh, sorry. No, that's a, <laughs> that's not Godspell. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier if you start to, for me, it's easier to start with you are the light of the world. Yes, exactly. Go. Exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't want to be deplatformed for uh, <laughs> copyright, very poor copyright infringement. Yeah, no, um, it won't be recognized. No. <laughs> Just very, you, you guys have beautiful voices. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it. Uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, that that does. Uh, <laughs> now that that's running through all of our heads, mm-hmm. um, you're all uh, welcome. <laughs> um let me ask uh uh uh, about this passage this reading here as a whole like uh uh, we kind of get dropped into the middle of us of a statement i was gonna ask uh uh what do we know like what's the surrounding text tell us about what's going on like who's he talking the sir the sermon on the mount okay so this is sermon on the mount yeah so it's it's the opening of the major teachings of jesus in the gospel of Matthew Hmm. in Luke, where he has this, this set of teachings, it's separated from the sermon on the Mount or in Hmm. Luke's case, the sermon on the plane. Um, But Matthew starts off the public ministry of Jesus with calling apostles. And then almost immediately starts um, it says, starts preaching in Galilee. And then, offers the Sermon on the Mount, which inclu- includes the Beatitudes and these teachings and more and more and more. Gotcha. Okay. Um, anything else about this gospel reading? It's rich and hum along. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and it certainly will be running through my mind as I read the gospel on Sunday. There you go. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, listeners, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of mine and Bruce, uh, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So, uh, again, a no. low bar, <laughs> a low bar. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that, I think I'll call to a close this your podcast for February 5th, 2023, the fifth Sunday after the epiphany. Um, God willing uh, <laughs> and technology uh, yes. uh, participating here with us, uh, we will uh, be uh, broadcasting our 10 o'clock service again uh, live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. Uh, uh, no matter what, we will still have uh, an 8 o'clock in person and 10 o'clock in person on Sunday with a 9 o'clock educational hour in between. Uh, if Bruce is sick, uh, 
Uh, we not make likely that to still be sick then. Not likely, but uh, but uh, we will make that work. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> we did the, this this past Sunday with like a forty five minutes notice. Right. Because yeah, I was feeling fine sure. as I was getting dressed, and then suddenly I was not. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Yeah, um, no one needs you know details on that. <laughs> Right. But you know what? Every now and again, a little morning prayer, not a bad yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, People so, stepped up uh, and I'm so grateful. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, we will, we will continue regular programming. Uh, <laughs> uh, even if I have to beat the soundboard into submission. Um, but, uh, uh, which I feel think free voids to... the warranty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so old. There's no warranty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, but, uh, but, uh, we really look forward to worshiping with you. Uh, uh however, uh, it works for you and your schedule, uh, feel free to, uh, visit our website to find out all the details on the things upcoming, which is holyfamilyfishers.org. Uh, feel free to email us with questions and complaints about how, uh, how we've interpreted scripture <laughs> at shortcut. Uh, that's shortcut at hfec.org. And until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.